Okay. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Empowerment with Elizabeth. Today I'm here with my sweet new friend, Emily, um, and she is going to talk to us a little bit today about being a registered dietitian and her experience in the nutrition field. So Emily, if you'll tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for having me. Um, So I grew up in Franklin, Tennessee, attending University of Tennessee, got my bachelor's of nutrition there. And then to become a registered dietitian, you have to complete a dietetic internship. Um, so I did that at Texas A&M University. So I was in Temple, Texas for a year um, and then graduated that program in 2019, got my RD, um, moved back to Nashville, started working there. Um, I, you know, first started working as um, in like a substance abuse recovery center um, which was like very interesting and really cool to be a part of. And then I actually, a few months later, got a job with Vanderbilt University as their campus dietitian um, and was there for close to three years. And um, now I'm in private practice. So I actually live in New York now. Um, I'm doing private practice and then also modeling up here. So part-time private practice, but still very much a dietitian. Um, as a pageant background, I was Miss Tennessee Teen USA 2013 and then Tennessee USA 2022. So yeah. Love, love. She does it all. Also, I didn't know that you went to A&M for your master's. Yeah, giggum. Yes, I love it. <laughs> my dad went to A&M, so he's going to eat that right oh, up. okay. Okay, awesome. <laughs> love. Um, okay, so talk a little bit about what initially got you interested in becoming an RD or a new nutritionist yeah. term for layman's terms actually pageantry so wow. I feel like they're very intertwined um <laughs> way back in my day we actually had the swimsuit competition as teens which is wild to think about like at the time it felt extremely normal and now it's crazy to think that we did that I was like 15 in a bikini on stage and so obviously at that time you know you're really kind of figuring out your own insecurities about your body. And that's where I really kind of obviously got interested in health and fitness um, and actually like, struggled a lot with body image at that age. So I tried a lot of like restrictive diets. I had pageant coaches like told me diets to follow and all of that. And I would listen to kind of anything that people would say. Um, and finally kind of hit a breaking point of like, why am I listening to people that don't necessarily have the expertise? I was like, completely eliminating carbs at some point didn't need to be like, you know, just very restrictive dieting. And so I actually ended up seeing a dietitian. Um, and she really like opened my eyes to the world of nutrition, you know, it being a science. And um, I was just so fascinated by it. I wanted to keep learning more and more about it. Um, and just really held that interest in it. Um, I actually started off in school as pre pharmacy. So I was I want to do something medical. Um, quickly realized that was not for me. Um, and you know, when, you know, I would say it's my sophomore year of school, switch majors to be, um, in the nutrition program. Um, so that's really like where my interest in nutrition kind of started. Um, yeah. I love that. And I love how you're talking about how that like all came from pageantry because I feel mm. like that's so true. Like, you know, we have pageant coaches that are kind of like all encompassing. So they'll work on your walk and then also interview, but that doesn't include 
health and things that are like you you absolutely have to have a background in um mm-hmm. so I love that you were like you know what no I'm just gonna go see a nutritionist and somebody who mm-hmm. I know for sure is certified and knows what they're talking about um and I feel like that's becoming more and more popular in pageantry like I feel like people are realizing oh like if I go see somebody and they just teach me how to eat healthy on a regular basis, like I don't have to worry about getting ready for anything. Like I can just stay ready year round because I'm eating healthy and because I'm taking care of my body. So I love that. Yeah, uh, okay. So this is just me wanting to hear your opinion. I, I want you to talk about like online certifications for nutrition and why they're so dangerous. Yes. So the whole like nutritionist dietitian is extremely confusing. Um, so because there's a lot of quick, easy, become a nutritionist online. There's so many like uncertified courses that you could just take. So you could take a course that's like a month long. You could take a program that's six months long, um, not really having any sort of like accredited body certification, any sort of like standard process. So it's very confusing. Um, essentially, the term nutritionist, you do not have to be a registered dietitian. And it depends state by state. So the state of Tennessee, you cannot call yourself a nutritionist without being a registered dietitian. But in Texas, <laughs> you could say you're a nutritionist and have just some sort of certificate and call yourself a nutritionist. You don't have to be a registered dietitian. So a registered dietitian, there's a standard, right? So you have to get four years of undergrad um, in nutrition or some sort of related field where you get all the prerequisite courses. Then you have to apply to a dietetic internship um, and get matched and accepted um, where you essentially do a program where you get 1,200 supervised hours um, in different areas of the field. So food service, you're working in like hospital food service um, or school food service, you're clinical, you're working in a hospital with like tube feeds or even like TPN, which is IV nutrition. And then um, community nutrition, like WIC programs, like food assistant programs. Um, So you have to reach, you know, a certain amount of hours for that. And then once you're finished, you get to be able to sit for the RD exam, which is a national recognized board exam. And once you pass that, then you become a registered dietitian. Um, actually, I believe it's 2024. Um, anyone who sits for the RD exam has to have their master's that, along yeah. with their internship. Yeah. So it's changing. I kind of was, uh, let's see, I got my RD in 2019. So I was a few years behind that. Um, so I actually don't have my master's, but starting in 2024, you have to have your master's. So a two-year degree along with the supervised practice. Um, and, you know, the undergraduate courses, as you know, are very intensive. I mean, you're taking anatomy, physiology, um, chemistry, organic chemistry, but, you know, you got to take that vitamins and minerals. Um, so really getting to know the science. And I think, um, what's so dangerous about those like online nutrition certifications is like, do they have that background? We don't necessarily know. Do they even know, um, food drug interactions, um, if they're recommending a certain type of diet, or do they really know how to best regulate blood sugar for for someone that is diabetic? Um, Because we have that background medical knowledge and it's standardized. Um, So it can be dangerous to just talk to someone that says they are a nutritionist. So anyone out there that's wanting 
coaching yeah. information and, um, you know, go to a registered dietitian, look for that RD um, in their credentials, because that's going to tell you that they went through all the schooling, they have that medical background, they have that knowledge, and they've sat for a really rigorous exam. Um, actually, just getting matched to the internship is really, it's really intense, too. There's not a super high match rate. Um, so that's really hard as well. So these people that are registered dietitians have earned that title and have the comprehensive nutrition knowledge to meet you where you're at, whatever medical condition you have or any sort of like background you have. Yeah. I mean, love that. Um, we recently, I was talking to one of my old professors from undergrad. I go to Ole Miss, um, for my undergrad, but also for my master's, but, um, they were talking about how they were dealing with a nutritionist that wasn't a registered Mm -hmm. RD, um, or registered dietitian that was, you know, pushing all these supplements and working at a GNC. Um, I was just like stressed Mm because I was like, oh my gosh, like how often does this happen? And we don't even catch it. Like that was just an example of like, um, you know, she happened to be talking to a friend that mentioned that they'd gone and saw this nutritionist that wasn't actually an RD. Um, so it just, And you wouldn't like you wouldn't go to someone that wasn't a medical doctor for some sort of like medical issue you're having or like a nurse, like someone who wasn't have those credentials. And that's just common knowledge. I just don't think it's as common knowledge to be like, oh, I need to see a registered dietitian, which is totally fair. I just think the more people talk about it and like educate people on it um, is really, really important for people to understand the difference because most people don't know. Yeah. Well, and that's why I love that they're adding the masters in because I just think it makes it that much more apparent to people like, oh, you literally you have to have your bachelor's, your master's and then effectively a residency because, you know, I feel like most people know about like med school and med school residencies and how Mm -hmm. you have to like everybody's like, oh, my gosh, you're in school for like a decade, which is effectively true with RD2 now, which I, Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, so I'm glad that they're like continuing to make it more like, no, you do have to have like a lot of knowledge. Yes. (laughs) Yes, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. So I want to know how you would handle a patient who's experiencing food insecurity. So I'm sure you don't come in contact a lot with those types of patients in your private practice, but Mm -hmm. you mentioned that you worked with, you know, WIC and SNAP and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, definitely in like free clinic situations, that would be something that you would encounter. So how would your recommendations change when you were talking to a person experiencing food insecurity? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'm, I'm fortunate enough to work at a private practice that does take insurance, which I think can be kind of rare. So sometimes like I do, work with patients that, you know, are on a limited budget um, or might, you know, deal with some sort of like food insecurity. So meeting people where they're at, like you really have to listen to, I always ask, what grocery stores do you go to? What's your capability for cooking? Um, And, you know, even like budget, if we can kind of like get into that, um, how often are you able to go grocery shopping? Um, and a lot of times just asking those open-ended questions, you get more of a feel for their like financial like abilities to purchase food. Um, also, you know, I was listening to some of your podcasts earlier, you know, about food deserts and like, you know, what part of the country do they live in? Is, is it even accessible to go to a grocery store? So you really have to listen to what the patient is able to do for themselves. Yeah. Um, and really meet them where they're at because you can make the most beautiful, tailored, wonderful meal plan. And if they can't go out and purchase that produce, then that's, you know, not going to be effective for them. So you really have to meet them where they're at um, 
and maybe not all the time. It's not 100% perfect in terms of what you're wanting them to follow, but it is so much more improved than what they were previously doing. And also like education as well, label reading. So, you know, if they can only purchase like canned vegetables, it's like, okay, let's like read the label so we can see like a reduced sodium, or maybe we wash the veggies um, before we eat them to reduce like some of that sodium, really meeting people where they're at and what they are able to do um, for themselves. It's just so important. Um, And honestly, like healthy eating and access to fresh food is such a privilege that not everyone has. Um, And that's something that um, in my undergrad, like really my eyes opened with that. And then of course, working in WIC. Um, So uh, it's it's just really important to meet people where they're at and ask those open-ended questions. Yeah, I love that. That would give you a lot of insight to, you know, the culture that they're coming from and Mm -hmm. their capabilities are, which is, I mean, when you're prescribing a diet, they can't use it purpose. (laughs) Yeah. And like, sometimes they're only going to be able to purchase like packaged or canned food. And it's like, okay, what do we do with that? You know, like, all right, this is the stuff that's available. Okay. This is the better option of what you have there. Let's make do with what we have. Um, And honestly, it can make a really big difference. Yeah. And I feel like that's a conversation that I even have just like with my friends in college, because, you know, Mm. we're college students, like we're definitely not working with a large budget. And also most of us like either don't have access to a kitchen or can't cook. So I think just like letting people understand that like canned food is not like the end, like the end of the world. Like it's, you can definitely eat healthy with, um, you know, food that's going to last a long time and that um, is not as expensive as, you know, Mm -hmm. fresh produce, even though like, that's obviously ideal. Like there's other options. So, okay. What is your least favorite or hardest part of being an RD? Oh, um, (laughs) no pressure. I think I would say sometimes patients aren't going to be compliant. Um, you know, I remember working in the hospital setting and there were some amazing, like beautiful breakthroughs with patients there. But a lot of the times if you go in for like nutritional counseling, they're there for so many different reasons. And the last thing they want to hear is like how to improve your diet. Um, and also if it was, you know, a five, 10 minute counseling session, you're not always going to like benefit the patient and, you know, they're not always going to listen, but some absolutely listen. So there's a lot of really great moments for that. But I just think like compliance, they're not, you know, you may, you can, again, make an amazing meal plan, you can show them all the suggestions, how they can incorporate into their life. And if the motivation isn't there, then it's really hard to implement and see those changes. So that can be frustrating. Um, Especially like, most dietitians in the field really, really care. Um, They're in it because they have such a passion for it. So it can be discouraging when people aren't super compliant. Um, but again, it's just really important to meet people where that. And I find that instructing on really small achievable changes can make a really big difference. And maybe you're just impacting them in a really small way, but it can make a big difference. I think that's why like diet culture is so dangerous too, is because mm. like those are not small changes. Like most of those like fad diets are extremely drastic. And like you were mentioning, yeah. you know, cutting carbs completely, which is one of the four macronutrients. Mm -hmm. Like there's a reason. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love that you're talking about, you know, just easy things that are, you know, very accessible and um, easy to implement into your daily life, because that's really where the change happens. Um, When you're like telling people to do all these drastic changes, like these fad diets, like who Mm -hmm. would would stick with that for the rest of their life? That would be crazy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, okay, so what is your favorite part of being an RD? Uh, I, when I see like a patient improve or, I mean, my probably biggest passion in the nutrition field is body image and um, healing relationship with food. I, I worked in a lot of like eating disorder recovery centers in my undergrad and then in my internship. Um, and that like when I kind of see breakthroughs in terms of people healing their relationship with food, um, kind of seeing that progress, that's so exciting for me and so motivating. Um, and I really just like remember those patients and those stories to motivate me when, you know, maybe I'm not having the greatest day. Um, and that's when I can have an impact on someone. And I even think too, you know, maybe I'm counseling a patient for several months. Um, we end our sessions, like they could use those skills that we went through potentially for the rest of their life. And that is so encouraging. Um, it's just really cool to see a positive change and people very grateful for your help. Um, yeah, that's really, really special. It's very magical. Yeah. That's super (laughs) rewarding. Do you ever work with pageant girls? Um, no. And I've actually thought about doing that. Um, because I love, yeah, I was like, I would have loved to, um, work with a dietitian that had a passive background yeah. I just didn't even know that was a thing um so I've actually thought about that um kind of breaking into that um like I said I'm not a private practice now um I've thought about kind of seeing patients on my own um and again I have a passion for pageantry and also nutrition so I've definitely thought about it you would be literally perfect thank you thanks okay our final question really cool yeah, no, I'm like, that's like business idea. I don't know. My side hustle, maybe. <laughs> um, okay, so if you could give one piece of advice to someone working towards becoming an RD or even just interested in, um, you know, learning more about nutrition, what would it be? So that time during my sophomore year of college where I wasn't sure, you know, if I was going to stick with pharmacy or go the nutrition route. I reached out to several dietitians, asked to shadow them. I had a like nutrition 100 professor who was awesome. Um, and I got to kind of follow her along as she did like media appearances and things like that as a dietitian, just like unconventional ways that dietitians work. So reaching out to dietitians, um, majority of us, because we have to go through that internship, we just naturally have this uh, like fondness towards people that want to become a dietitian. And usually a lot of times are already preceptors for like people that are in their um, internship. So most dietitians are more than willing to answer any questions you have to reach out to any dietitians, whether that's on Instagram or like people that, you know, Um, and then that internship can be really competitive. So if you are serious about becoming a dietitian, getting experience working in the nutrition field, um, whether that's an internship, whether that's working um, in a hospital, like in food service, whether that's working at like your um, sports nutrition uh, program with your like sports uh, complex with the dietitians there um, and a lot of different experience in areas of dietetics that you can, because that's, I know a lot of um, programs kind of look out for that. So how you can, get a lot of experience in the field, I think is really important. And then that's also helpful too, because I did that in my undergrad and I was like, oh, this is kind of the area I think I want to focus on yeah. in my internship and as a dietitian. So getting lots of experience, reaching out to different dietitians, getting to know kind of how they got into it, 
Um, it's never too early to get experience because again, it's a really competitive internship program, which is crazy. Um, so that's really key is getting experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for coming on. You know, I, I have my bachelor's in nutrition, but I don't have, you know, I did it to do pre-med. So I don't have my master's and I, you know, never did the internship. So I always love getting to, you know, pick people's brains who are currently RDs or in the internship program or whatever it may be, because you guys have so much more knowledge than I do about nutrition. And I, I'm really passionate about it, but I just don't have, you know, my RD. So I think that's so good though. Like you mentioned earlier about doctors, maybe not necessarily having the training. Um, and it's true. They don't take a ton of, um, nutrition courses. So that, uh, doctor dietitian partnership in the hospital setting is really valuable. Um, and so the fact that you even got your undergrad in nutrition, like gives you a leg up in terms of that. Um, so it's really, really cool. And I think we're getting there. I think doctors are more and more realizing the importance of dietitians and, um, you know, integrative health is a lot more common, you know, more popular. And I think doctors are really being more open to it, which is really cool. So that's great that you have your undergrad in nutrition. You're passionate about it too. I think that's, that's really key. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I love it. And it's what sparked my interest in, you know, food insecurity, which is my platform now. Mm -hmm. So, and I I never would have been interested or introduced to that if I, if it weren't for nutrition and for, you know, um, my professors that worked, you know, with our food insecurity um, program at Ole Miss, but then obviously we're my professors. So mm-hmm. um, yes, it's so much fun getting to talk to you, Emily. You are awesome. Um, thank you for mm-hmm. all your insight that you've shared with us today. Um, and I will see you guys in our next episode. Bye y'all. Thanks so much.